0: This is not like your regular mom podcast.
1: It's your cool mom podcast.
0: Hi, I'm Liz.
1: And I'm Amanda. And And we we are Mom Goals
0: The Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Mom Goals The Podcast.
1: Today, we are so excited to chat with Cindy Ramirez Fulton. Cindy is the queen of chill founder and CEO of Chill House, which is a modern destination for wellness with flagship location in Soho. Cindy's also launching products, um, making wellness modern and cool and accessible to all. She's a consummate entrepreneur. Her journey is really incredible, super inspiring. But before we get into that, Liz and I are changing up the format a little bit. We always do a weekly check-in, but we figured with all the cheese and charcuterie being a thing, we're gonna call this section the cheese section. Um, kind of using cheese as a metaphor, like what's your hard cheese? What's your soft cheese? You know, how's your week been? Going into like the soft cheese, it's nice and smooth and easy, what are your highs? And then what was your hard cheese? The stinky kind, you know, in the end, that's some of those experience also define you. And even though they show up as hard or problems or challenges or lows, They're actually really good and they can be learning experiences. So it's all good in the end.
0: Yeah, even the hard moments should be the ones that you take in because we can't propel forward unless we have those obstacles to teach us along the way. So that's why we love using this metaphor because, I mean, obviously we love cheese, but we love that it it shows us that you're not just saying something is a negative thing because even the things that are the lows of your week can be something to learn from. So with that being said, Amanda, what was your heart cheese, your low for the week?
1: You know, coming back from a trip is always really challenging. Like I'm always working no matter what I am doing. So um, I think really disconnecting for me, kind of reflecting on that and coming back to a ton of new projects, I always feel the need to just overwhelm and load myself up with things and I don't know if anybody else is like this but when you go away it's almost like a day to prepare and then a couple days once you're home to just get caught up and get organized before you can even dive into anything so mine is feeling a little bit of overwhelm from from this lovely celebration with friends.
0: I totally agree with that. And like, sometimes you feel like you need a vacation from your vacation. And I think this week is one of those moments. I also went away with a friend and had that nice getaway. So I guess that would be my soft cheese, my wonderful moment. And uh, I guess my hard cheese would be that I came back to both my kids being sick and I've had one kid oof. at least, yeah, oof is right. At least one kid this week home every day. And so I think I need another vacation after both my vacation and uh, <laughs> the time.
1: Totally yeah,
0: the time that I was supposed to recover from the vacation, I didn't get that.
1: Oh my God. It's always that way. And my soft cheese is. To, um, I'm, I'm celebrating my daughter's birthday this week. She turns five. So I'm happy to be reunited with her and plan her an epic birthday party for tomorrow.
0: Yay. And I can't wait to celebrate and also celebrate you, Mama. I mean, you yeah. are also the person that gave birth to her. So I don't know why we don't celebrate us, but tomorrow That's I'll be celebrating you about it.
1: Do you ever do this on like, on my, like coming up to the point where her birthday is? I always look back at those years, like right when I was about to deliver. And I am like, it's just fascinating that that was me, that was my body. That this like she's now like a full blown person, like fifteen teenager.
0: And look basically. how you've grown. I mean, in the past five years, how crazy! Like you've really grown as a. I mean, I I have known you for not the whole time, but I've known you for enough to see the evolution of Amanda. And I love, I love watching you grow while she grows
1: same you too as we our kids are the same age so it's been like such a journey for both of us and here
0: and here and here with mom Gold. yeah Yeah. i can't wait to dive into our chat so let's get to it
2: cindy so lovely to have you here thank you manda um i can't believe i've known you for so long and here we are
1: it's so crazy right the journey You you were a blogger when i met you more than 10 years ago yeah, Slosh, area.
2: I think I worked for Third Way Fashion when we met, and oh, we That's knew right. each other through Sophia Max. Crazy. Oh, boy. Yeah. That's like a lifetime ago. Exactly. Point. Yeah. Look it how far we've all come.
1: I know. I know. I am so happy to have you here. I've loved watching your journey, obviously. Huge fan of Chill House. Um, yes. Now an know. angel investor in Chill House. Now, an angel investor in Chill yes. House. So, that's also a great point to have you on Mom Goals, too. It's so nice to see so many of my people within my network and community doing so well and totally. support them um, yeah.
2: through their growth. Yeah. I love the name um, Mom Goals, too. It's such a cute name for a podcast. And I'm surprised that it didn't exist before. Right. Well, right? thank you, Cindy. Yeah.
0: You're, you're definitely the epitome of Mom Goals, and we're so happy to feature you on this. Thank you. That's a very kind based, of, people. you know, the cool mom podcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> cool mom podcast. I'd say.
1: That's the cool mom podcast.
2: Mm-hmm. So Cindy,
1: we, you know, I'd love to hear a little bit about your journey. Tell us how you got started. Oh God. Oh my gosh. I love cause it's so it's nonlinear. Lindy, she has a great story.
2: It's kind of fun because it's funny because I don't know where to start sometimes when it's like that question. Right. Cause I'm in my late thirties now. It's like, I can kind of start from the chill house days, or I can kind of bring you all the way back to my twenties. Cause I do feel like a lot of that story is, is really representative of how, of what, of what my ultimate sort of story is. Right. Because it, it is a very unconventional sort of entrepreneur journey. Um, I don't have uh, like business education. I don't have, necessarily any education in what I do now. So it's kind of funny sharing that side of me, like my twenties and kind of the coming of age portion of my, my whole, you know, adolescence and, and growing up, um, experience. So I guess I can kind of take you back a little bit. Um, I'm a born and bra- born and bred New Yorker. My mom came here from Columbia. Um, she is an esthetician. So she actually, um, came here to basically make women feel good. But because we migrated to, or she migrated to Jackson Heights, it was mostly for the like Latina consumer. So she basically started with like one chair, um, in another person's salon and kind of grew her business from there. At what point she had like three salons. So I've always been a part of the entrepreneur world just via my mother. And I think simultaneously I was always very intrigued, um, very intrigued in that industry, like just as a whole wanting to potentially be an entrepreneur one day, or I didn't really know what I was taking from that experience, but obviously I was taking a lot from that experience. So it's kind of like funny how many years later I ended up, you know, opening up chill house and creating sort of this brand that is inspired for sure. Um, from my upbringing, but not necessarily a direct reflection of it. It's more so like this weird manifestation that somehow came to be. Um, But yeah. I say like my twenties, a combination of my growing up years. And then also my twenties while I was in New York, I moved into the city and I was like fascinated with the hospitality space. And like, that's all I wanted to do. I ended up dropping out from college. Cause I was like, no, I don't, I don't see a path forward in fashion. And I ended up kind of spending most of my twenties trying to figure out what my next step was. And it wasn't until I was 26 that I realized working in hospitality was just not what I wanted to do any further at that time. I was, when I say working in hospitality, I meant I was like waitressing and bartending. So it wasn't, it was kind of like a A lot of late nights, (laughs) a lot of late nights, really toxic environments, you know, uh, like very destructive, at least for me. Mm-hmm. I needed to get out. So I found an internship basically on Fashionista. I ended up applying, like, at a, as a 26 year old, for an internship. And, you know, I had to kind of uh, swallow my ego a little bit there and start from scratch. And I, but I ended up finding the most incredible opportunity that I think changed the course of my life, which was working at this company uh, called Third Way Fashion, where I essentially was like, Her name is Liza. Her first hire. That's kind of how I met Amanda. You know, when I was at that position. But essentially, that was my only full time job, and it was the most unconventional career of all time too. Because I was like super close with the main boss, right? And I was her right hand, and I was learning about entrepreneurship from the ground up. Like the things that my mom couldn't really teach me because there's like a little bit of a culture barrier there. I learned a lot from Liza and I realized that I essentially didn't want to ever work for any corporation. I didn't like very, in like corporate structure, I, you know, I liked the hustle and bustle of entrepreneurship, startups, all that. And so I think I learned a lot from that experience. And then, of course, after leaving two, three years in, I still wanted to interview other places to see you know, I didn't know what my exact path was going to be. And obviously entrepreneurship wasn't necessarily top of mind because I didn't, it was kind of a scary thing to, to just kind of jump right into. So I ended up interviewing at a couple of places, uh, both of which were very different experiences. And that was kind of that moment after I was done with those two, is was like, there's no way I can work for somebody else. I'm just not cut out for it. Um, I, yeah, they were very like, the experiences themselves was very they were very eye opening and like realizing that I just didn't want to enter a, a very again kind of corporate structure and be um work for people that just may not value me you know so i ended up from there turning to my husband who's always been kind of like a serial entrepreneur and being like, can we start something together? And that's the beginning of my entrepreneurship journey. And and we've kind of been working together ever since, but I obviously credit him a lot because um, he's given me sort of like the, the courage and the confidence to pursue things that obviously I normally wouldn't have pursued if I didn't have someone there to, to make me feel like my ideas were valid. So I, pursued my blog, which Amanda, we talked about briefly. That was a... Taste the style. Well, it was great. I feel like yeah, it was... Yeah, you were on the forefront. Yeah, the forefront of blogging. Taste the style. I think I so. To- yeah, I, I, I it was very cutting style. edge at the time. <laughs> it's kind of... Uh, it was a lifestyle blog that really kind of shone a light on the intersection between fashion and food. And we did like incredible interviews on chefs and... Um, designers and all sorts of really incredible people. And it was really like focused around New York too, which I loved. And that, that experience was great. I, I, I love the content space and obviously it got me so far, but um, I think eventually I really missed being in person with people. I was like, I don't know how far to take a digital business. Like it just wasn't my forte. And I really missed in-person connection. So this was all happening simultaneously when my husband, as my husband was starting to open up his bars. So he probably had like two to three bars at one point. And I turned to him, I'm like, I don't, I need a physical space. And, and all of it just sort of snowballed one day. It was like, I knew I wanted to have a physical space. I didn't know what it was going to be. And then we had an aha moment and that aha moment turned into conversations about what was missing in New York, what was missing in my life, his life, and what kind of brand we can create around this experience and that, is kind of how Chill House happened. And it was a very long-winded answer. How
0: amazing you got all those experiences, I think, between your mom and also (laughs) your experience working in an office and working and even blogging. It really prepared you to create this brand and like Mm -hmm. a whole 360 because you're not just a space. You are really, I mean, people call you the queen of self-care. Like you are Mm -hmm. a brand and like even down to, I would say you're like, Decor in the space and the way your branding is in packaging, like you really, I feel like all those experiences kind of brought that together. Yeah. How would you say that your own, like watching your mom grow up, like you, I, I'm sure you probably rebelled a lot watching her create her business. And how would you say that you took all those experiences and created your own business and paved your own way?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest takeaway from watching her versus what we're doing, um, I wouldn't say we're like the most perfectly organized company in the world yet. You know, we're still very scrappy and small and, and a startup essentially. But um, this, I think, happens to a lot of older immigrant uh entrepreneurs or a bit small business owners is that they kind of come here and everything is like done like on paper and pen and like fax machines. And it's, it's all very, it still feels dated. And a lot of times people don't keep up with the times and that's when they bring in their children that do learn how to adopt technology and mm-hmm. understand the language a lot easier. Um, that was always my biggest takeaway from that. I was like, this is not how I would run the business, you know? And like, I also didn't know how to help her because I was so young. Um, so in a way, I've always sort of resisted the way that she's run her business, even though she's done an incredible job and it's worked for her. I just, you know, trying to help her with certain things now, it just unpacks a lot of that. I'm like, where are your passwords? Why don't you have them somewhere safe? Why are you still like going through <laughs> like a piece of paper? I oh can so You know, really- know what I mean? Things like that. It's, um, It's just amazing to see how much success some people can have on like that sort of um, uh, operational, um, m- management. <laughs> and so that's, mm-hmm. I knew that I, I could obviously could not run a business that way. And that was the biggest, um, learning curve for me is like how to, as someone that wasn't necessarily administrative to begin with, how do you kind of learn all of these ways to operate in ways that felt like organic to me and didn't feel like super mundane as well. But yeah, that was, that's the biggest takeaway with my mom. My experience It was like, she's inspired me in so many ways. Like she's obviously super personable. I mean, the fact that she's had success in at one point opening up three stores says a lot to her actual salesmanship too, which Mm -hmm. I feel like that's one of my biggest, that's one of the biggest things I've taken away from her is her ability to kind of connect, network, um, maintain relationships like huge at that. And that's something that I hope to keep with our store. Like how to continue having that relationship with our customers like we've had members there for five years which is great you know for like I mean, such wow. moving to like a city that people are constantly like going from you know this neighborhood to the next it's, it's still really amazing to see that some people choose to stick with us so there are a lot of takeaways from that experience but mostly me yeah. saying I can't do it that way <laughs>
1: <laughs> totally hear you yeah and and now you're a mom Yes. Yep. How has that changed your career? I know the old Cindy and now, you know, watching your journey into motherhood. Yeah. Good I don't know moment. if it's changed.
2: I don't know. I need to do a lot of like soul searching and seeing how it has changed me. I try to not let being a mother change me. If I think that's the biggest thing that I'm, I'm learning is like, I don't, it's not slowing me down as far as like what I do every day, obviously like our priorities have shifted, obviously our sleep schedule has shifted and all of that, of course. Um, But otherwise I feel like I'm very in a weird way, grateful for the COVID years because Mm -hmm. I was able to spend so much time with him at home. And now I feel like he's, he's got his own little life happening. He like goes to the, uh, the playroom down the block with like a, bunch of like little buddies and like they all have their own little life and I'm like okay you do you and I'm gonna work you know have that separation but also identifying like those I say like my mornings are like our sacred time you know the 7 to 9 a.m like just me Adam and Henny and like breakfast and and breakfast Mm -hmm. to me was not something that I ever cared for pre-Henny I don't like breakfast. I, I could eat pasta for breakfast. Like I'm that person. I'm not an egg girl. Unless I'm at brunch and I'm hungover, then that's like a different story. But like on like a Monday through Friday, <laughs> like as your like main I'm the- with you on that. your day, I just was never a breakfast person. I was I was like barely even like a caffeine person for so long. So yeah, I actually I didn't do coffee, I'd say, until a year ago. I took a break from no coffee. Way since my wow. internship years in my twenties to recently. Anyways. So I think with, when it comes to mothering, yeah, it's like those identifying those sacred moments that feel like they're new rituals, which I love. So like the morning and then our weekends, like Saturday and Sunday are reserved for honey. I barely get to spend time with him the rest of the week because I'm so, you know, uh warped in with work. And so
1: yeah,
2: that to me is like so important, just identifying those, those times and being super consistent with them. So, you know, it's like, this is like our, our time and like nothing else matters. Yeah. So that, totally. you know, that's been motherhood for me lately, just like knowing that it's not going to be full time and that that's okay. Like everything that I do now is to, um, Make his life better one day, you know. So he didn't have to go through what Adam and I did when we were younger. Like it's all for him. So working my ass off, Adam working his ass off. You know, it all pays off in some way. But making sure that he never feels like we weren't around. You know what I mean? Because that's how I kind of felt. I feel like Adam also kind of felt a l- little bit of that. You know, we're both um, kids from divorced divorced parents. So. Making sure that Adam and I stay happy is super important to me too. Like, I don't want to be in a relationship that ends up poorly one day. Like, that's priority too, right? Um, yeah. All that stuff. It's crazy. Being yeah, a parent. Want to lose yourself as a mom? No, and you do
1: a really good job of balancing it, right? Like, still being able to. You do you. He does him, and then you all do together in your right. sacred time.
0: Yeah. Wait, can we go back to that you weren't drinking coffee? Like, how did you yeah. do that? I know Chill House, so you guys have so many great hot drinks. I'm like matcha green tea for a while. Okay. That makes me feel better. I have my matcha right here.
2: <laughs> yeah. It wasn't until I rediscovered um, the or I discovered the Blonde Rose from Starbucks, which is like a very mild coffee that I was like, oh, I can do this. And so now I, I'm, I go back and forth. I'm coffee- Matcha, anything that gives me energy, I'm down for. (laughs) I'm totally about that. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And then, like, Hendrix is so adorable, and I'm sure that's, like, your biggest accomplishment, of course. But as far as your career, obviously, creating Chill House is, like, your other baby, I'm sure. But what would you say is your greatest accomplishment within creating that? I think... I know, tough question.
2: No, it's a tough one. Just because there have been so many really standout moments for for us in our journey, but I think when taking a step back and really like observing just how many people are part of the ecosystem, I think that's the thing that's most special to me. It's like it's not just seeing our Instagram numbers go up or getting that press hit or whatever. It's really like recognizing that all these really talented, incredibly smart, super unique individuals are somehow involved, you know, whether that's through investment, whether that's... I mean, I have a photo shoot happening outside in my in my apartment right now because we're in between offices and I had to host it in my apartment. Like the people, the models, like everyone, you know, and it's always just so... I'm always just really amazed at how many people get excited to to work with us in some way. So that to me is my biggest accomplishment. The The minute I the minute I hope this never happens, but the minute I feel that everything at chill house feels transactional and not just like community driven in some way, then that's when I know we have a problem. Does that make sense? Like if I'm not excited, like uh, uh, someone that I like really want to have work with us and they just kind of like are just down and excited to collaborate then that that's when, you know, like the brand is like, I don't know. (laughs) So I don't, I think that's probably one of my biggest accomplishments. Just always feeling, I always want to feel small. If that makes sense. Like I always want to have like a very homey feeling to the brand. If, if we can maintain that forever, that is my ultimate goal.
0: You've expanded to so many major retailers now. Like I know it's hard to branch out when you're trying to stay small, but like you're selling at Urban Outfitters and major retailers. Like Mm -hmm. how are you, And And Yeah. And Mm -hmm. then also kind of staying true to you.
2: I think the nice thing about expanding to retailers is that, you know, your products are an extension of your brand really. So when it comes down to it, the in-person stuff to me is more important than um, when it comes to community building. Right. So like having that small person attachment to it, when you are able to have a space, like how do you make sure that the people that are local to you feel like we're not this big brand. Right. So I think I'm very excited about the opportunity to expand our product and get our brand out there and have more people discover us. But when they have a place to go, go to, whether that's our digital presence or whether that's our physical experience, I think they hopefully will feel like it's an intimate, fun place to end up, you know, where it, it feels like small and cozy and, you know, thoughtful and like everyone there really cares about you. It's like cheers, right? Like where everybody knows your name. And I know it's hard to do when you're a big, big brand, of course, but how do we maintain that is always like in the back of my head.
1: Right. And also scaling and growing at, at a pace that you're able to feel the growing pains and keep that. It's yeah. like so many brands We probably, you know.
2: Oh, yeah. I'm learning so much this year. It's crazy. Wow. It's especially That's because you know, we're so new to wholesale and all of the little yeah. intricacies there, but we've, we've bringing on a really incredible team of people, freelancers, um, people that have, you know, sort of like top tiered experience and, and can kind of, help us through these growing pains, I think is super important. So yeah, I think we're setting ourselves up for success, you know, while we get to that next phase.
1: That's great. And what would you say? I mean, we all learn as entrepreneurs a lot along the way. What's the one thing you wish you'd known before you like, you know, when you started your career?
2: I think I just wish I would have learned nothing that like has necessarily bit me in the ass per se, but just now that I'm, I'm catching up on a lot of things that I really like kind of leaned on my husband to take care of. And now I'm kind of learning a lot of that stuff. Um, as I go, because I'm sort of, we have a very important project happening um, outside of New York city. And I don't know if I can share it yet, but Ooh, the project nice. is really, opened my eyes to just how complex starting businesses can be. And I know more obviously about opening up businesses in New York, but it's been a while since I've started something new from, from scratch. So you know what I mean? But like, it's like doing that all over again right now. So I'm just learning a lot and I just wish I had like a bit of a refresher or if I, I wish I had a bit of like a template to sort of go through, you know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs want that. I don't know if anybody's actually created some sort of manual, but um, I know if they do. <laughs> I think I think something like that needs to exist for brick and mortar spaces specifically. Maybe that'll be our next venture. I, I mean, I know Sophia Marusa is one of our advisors, and she's definitely working on like her own sort of business manual thing. She, I hope she does something for for brick and mortar spaces. I feel like that's so needed. It's it's such a tough tough business to navigate especially city to city, country to country, all of that.
1: I just had an idea. We can also talk with other founders of brick and mortar stores and getting books of advice from everybody who's done it. That's the book.
2: Yeah, exactly. Do it, you know, chapter by chapter. It's a different yeah. thing.
1: Different segments of advice from everybody. Permits,
2: insurance, liability, uh, HR, like just all wow. of that.
0: If you were to do it all over again, would you start a brick and mortar or would you just go straight to no, know, online? I
2: no, I wouldn't change a thing. I think the biggest part of our story is that we started as a small little space in the Lower East Side and we've kind of had to grow grow through everything and and, and learn like mm-hmm. all of our missteps have gotten us to this point in a way, right? So I wouldn't yeah. change a thing. I think it's such an integral part of our whole brand DNA as a whole. And that to me is worth more than just saying, oh, I wish I would have not done that and been where I am today, maybe sooner. Does that make sense? I think it just yeah, gives, completely, totally. it gives us more like credibility and more, it's more, more, more of a substantial story than starting something just for the sake of it, which I know so many, so many brands are started that way. And I'm just always like, okay, like I'm sure you have a good product, but what, else is behind this product? Like what's the story behind it? I I often find that the best brands are the ones that have, like a founder has like, you know, filled a void that they themselves needed, things like that. Right. So yeah, I think brick and mortar, I'll always love and appreciate and value uh, a space. There's something about you, Cindy. I
1: love obviously having a modern wellness destination as a brand. Self-care is so much of who you are. Um, you make it look easy. You make it look effortless. For someone who's, who works as much as you do, you always seem to have the time and you always make that a priority. I mean, look at this face.
2: I always have this. I, no, I never blow out my hair. This is a special occasion. I did it for you guys. Um too. <laughs> Friday. So I was like... I'm going to go out to dinner tonight. I got to look cute. Um, thank you. I, I'm not always this put together. I promise.
1: What, I mean, what have you done for you lately? What are some of your favorite yeah. things that you like to do? That's
2: all about Cindy. Um, I got a lymphatic drainage massage the other day and that was great. I felt much lighter. Ooh, that sounds so nice. Yeah, I feel like I'm getting to the stage. My whole thing in the my twenties was like resisting anything that was like, weight maintenance or like body contour. And like, I don't want to bring that into chill house cause that's not who we are. But now I'm like getting older. I'm like, okay, I need all these treatments. Oh my God. Okay. Postpartum. Right. You want to do all this stuff. I got close cool sculpting. I don't know that I would recommend it again, or I don't know that I do it again. Um, I definitely think that it's a little bit of a flawed service, but I I enjoy maintaining myself in in some ways, right? I get Botox. I get all the stuff that like women maybe our age are doing more and more. And it's been fun. I feel like now I can really explore that side of maintenance for myself and, and, you know, wanting to keep my, myself feeling good and looking good. I think that's all, it's very psychological, right? The, the, the power of beauty and and just how really it does affect our mood Indefinitely, so I do feel like self care is is a multi-pillared, multi-pillared, you know, expression, and it's it's obviously physical, it's internal, it's mental, it's all of it. So try to do a little bit of everything if I can. You know, I can't always get to to hit all of those different pillars of wellness, of course. But in this moment right now, I want to focus a little bit on like feeling a little lighter, feeling a little like airier. Um, I'm going to look for a therapist soon. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I just, I think it's like one thing at a time. Like if you try to do too much at once, then it's like, there goes your day. It's it's crazy. Like you really are going to like fully invest in your self-care. It's like, then there's no time to work. It's funny. I actually, there's a TikTok. Oh my God, this poor girl. She was a model and she talked about Someone like commented how like, oh, models, you guys don't have to do anything. You just have to sit there and look pretty. And she had this moment of like, it was very tone deaf uh, response, but she's like, you know, it's, it's kind of hard. Like you have to like take care of yourself in the morning. You have to do this and you have to do that. And like, I got where she was coming from. It sounded bad, but it's true because if you are, if it's your business to do self-care and to look good and to be healthy, it becomes it could become a full-time thing for all of you. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you have to take care of your body. Of course you have to take care. You have to go get facials. You have to go get this. Like I feel like there are a lot of influencers out there that spend their day doing all these things. It's wild to watch. I can't do it. I wish I could, but yeah. yeah. You do a great job of balancing it too. Like something every day. Little bit, right? To good. me, skincare sure, is sacred. Skincare is sacred, and it's some—it's part of the the process and the routine, right? And it feels easy. Supplements, things like that, like just squeeze in whatever you can. And I think it takes time to get to a point where you have a very easy routine. And I'm not saying I'm there yet in any way. Like I don't journal, like <laughs> you know. And I feel like all of that is unattainable too. To, to say, I juice, I do this, I do that, I work out, blah, blah, blah. It's like, how does... Oh, everyone- I don't believe the yeah. people that they do it all.
0: Yeah. Or they might not be moms. Full-time job. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right, right, right. You know, if
2: something you
1: fall back out and then you go back into it, I go through
2: phases. Exactly. Like you can also go through phases and that's that okay. Time. As long as you always have a place to go back to and you have a routine that works for you, which takes time to also learn how to create.
0: What services at Chill House, if we wanted to take that time to do for us like what would you say would be the first thing that
2: as a mom you would go get um pedicures i'm like such a sucker for <laughs> pedicures like i need one every 2 to 3 weeks max um it all depends like now i'm obviously i'm not wearing my tips right this second cuz i'm taking a break but i have become so accustomed to our press ons that i don't get manicures as much anymore but i get pedicures so you'll always catch me in the nail area. I think nails to us, to women are that maintenance moment that it's what, it's like that thing that like you have to look at every day. And if you're not put together or like with your hands, I've, at least I've talked to a lot of people that feel this way. It's like, if that's like the one thing, if they're not put together here, their whole, they feel like off completely. And I couldn't agree more. So that's a maintenance thing that for me is very imperative to keep up with. Um, massages, I think just super important for your health. So I try to be consistent with those. We have infrared heat, um, which is great. And obviously I, I use more in the winter time than the summer, but in general, it's, it's just an incredible, uh, service for all sorts of different health reasons. And then facials, of course, like facials, I probably get the least of because I'm always maintaining my skin at home, but I also, in general don't have the worst skin in the world like i have like, been blessed on the skin skin jeans so uh that's kind of my last one but i think i mean facials are great self-care moments they just feel so nice and like you immediately look better so you'll feel better right it's kind of like the psychological mm-hmm. aspect of self-care just
1: dreaming of a facial right now <laughs>
2: <That's awesome. laughs> I definitely get one every like every month would be ideal if you have the time you know the means for it, or like by bi- by bi- monthly. I, I mean, I'll take as many as I can get.
1: <laughs> yeah, you both of you have beautiful skin.
2: So
0: we we like to do this little thing that we call uh, "What's on your cheese board?" And if you know Amanda and myself, we love a good charcuterie. And so so we use it as a metaphor of what are you loving because like we we change up
2: our cheese boards all the time. What are you like obsessed with lately? I'm like, you said cheese board. Now all I can think about is like meats and cheeses. So. Well, it's almost the weekend. (laughs) Damn it. I'm going to have to eat some charcuterie tonight. What's on my cheese board? I'd say a lot of decor lately, which I took a little break from because I wasn't decorating anything in the past year and a half, but there are some things in the works where I'm starting to need to decorate Um, And I love it. It's kind of like my it's my post work work, even though sometimes it is actual work, but like it's the the more Mm -hmm. enjoyable side of things. And like, Adam, we were just talking about how sometimes, you know, you know, the work is getting to be too much when the things that you really love to do, you actually can't even get to. And that to me has been in the past year, these sort of like decor things and I need to carve out time for them this year, but I'm ha- having such a hard time doing it. So on my cheese board, I'd say are like, I'm just rediscovering a lot of, yeah, furniture sh- stores that I love or like vintage shops that I love and like all of that. So I'm like mood boarding a lot these days because of, mm. as a result of these projects, which is really fun. Otherwise I'm kind of like loving discovering new restaurants in New York. I feel like I'm, I'm trying to get to like start finding new restaurants versus going to the ones we kind of like know and love and can get into um as part of my tts like uh, i guess i missed the list like that was what i did tts was that kept me super on top of the hospitality space and so we've just been going to our bars and bandits like every night we were out, it was like just going there to support that yeah. one. So I'm excited to start like exploring more, if that makes sense.
0: I love that. Well, I hope that you post that somewhere, at least on your Instagram. Cause I'm also trying Not to, that. now that all the restaurants have closed during COVID, I don't know what's open. So I'd love to see that on your Instagram when yeah. you do have the time.
2: No, I I definitely, I mean, I post on stories. I it's just, I love highlights for that. It's super easy. I created a, Paris highlight for my trip there in September. And then I created a Miami one an LA one. So like I, I have that going on. I don't really promote it, but I listen, if I could go back to blogging, that would be, that'd be nice. If I could, if everything was set up so seamlessly across chill house, where I could just also like blog on the side, that would be lovely. But I don't think that's going to happen for a long time. <laughs> one
1: day goals. Yeah. I'm um, not. What are your mom goals? Like, what is like your, what's oh, your favorite yeah. mom hack or tip?
2: So one of the biggest, yeah, no, the one that comes to mind the most is just based on, I'm just like, just starting to kind of cook a little bit, mostly just breakfast. Right. So thank God for that. But My I know that, <laughs> <yeah>, right. Ironic. <laughs> I, Always feared that having a child would mean that I would have to cook for them all the time. And I, I think that's a little bit of a debilitating sort of feeling when you're not a good cook and when you also are a very busy mom. So I discovered Little Spoon or I guess Little Spoon, they gifted me like the little smoothies or the little like... Um, I also discovered I loved that they, they had these like pre-planned meals. So they come in like this little plate and you just stick it in the microwave for one minute and that's it it's super, super easy and you could kind of modify it. So like Henny has identified the things that he loves and he's like, basically like thrown the plate off if he hates the meal. So I know what he likes and I know what he doesn't. So I'll just like go in and on the back end, change up how many meals, um, that I want for that week. And it's, it's kind of a game changer. Cause we're not scrambling. Our nanny doesn't have to really stress out about cooking either. So she, she can help other doing other things. Um, so I feel like that's been a really good mom hack for me.
1: Little spoon, super healthy too. Mm-hmm. That is a good one. Cindy, um, where can our listeners find you?
2: Um, you can find me on Instagram at Cindy Ramirez with a Y, C-Y-N-D-I, um, or at Chill House or come to Chill House. We're in Soho.
1: Liz, we need, a, we need a Chill House date. I think you and I have been talking about this for a while, but I think we need to get together, right? Yeah.
2: That's what we're going to do. Okay. Well, you know, you're going. Good. Nice. Thank you. well, so Cindy, thank you so much. My awesome. pleasure. I loved having you on. Thank giving me. And we'll talk soon, Amanda. We'll talk soon. <laughs> okay. Thanks, beautiful. Thank you. I love this. That's mangoes. I love you, mama. Mwah.
1: Love this episode of the podcast? Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to share it with a friend.
0: Say hi to us on Instagram at Mom Podcast, and follow me at The New York Stylist and Amanda at Amanda Mintz. See you next week.